from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Starting five here on The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Starting things off with number five. Haven't even mentioned this yet today. That, that's how you know a lot's going on. Thursday Night Football featuring former Duke quarterback Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones. Danny and his New York Giants teammates taking on San Fran in San Fran tonight. A bit of breaking-ish news. Breaking news light. Um, San Fran will be without Brandon Ayuk. Not expected to play today, tonight, uh, according to Ian Rappaport. Good. More receptions for George Kittle to help my fantasy team. Let, go. Let's go. Uh, and I know more I, touches for Christian McCaffrey. I was going to say, I know no one cares, but Brandon Ayuk's on my fantasy team, so I'm I'm angry at your uh, your, your happiness. Um, this is a prove-it game for Danny Dimes, right? This offseason, uh, and we'll dive more into this later in the show, but this offseason, this past offseason, uh, the, the Giants were very obviously going to franchise tag either Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley. They chose to franchise tag Saquon Barkley, started a whole drama scenario, and they paid $40-plus million a year for Daniel Jones. They made their choice. Well, guess what? Saquon's out tonight. Andrew Thomas, I believe, is out tonight. They're the tackle. This is where you prove they chose the right guy. This is where you prove it was either me or him getting life-changing money, and uh, and you chose me. I'm going to try to carry you through this one. Now you're at San Fran. You probably wish it would have been at just about any other team, right? You're going cross country, West Coast, one of the best, most complete rosters in the league. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what you sign up for when you're a forty-plus million dollar a year franchise quarterback. You also have to take into effect the roller coaster ride of a season that Daniel Jones has had so far. I mean, think about it. The 40 to nothing shutout lacked, yeah. against the Cowboys and then leading his team to the comeback victory against the Cardinals. Now, again, it's the Cardinals. They're on track to not have a good year, but still, you have to lead them to a win back out on the road. This is your time to prove it. This is your time to get things back on track and solidify yourself as, hey, like Aloe Black's song says, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. It's, Show you're the man, Danny Dimes. It is just, you know, you look at a season, and it's so hard to pick up the – the context details for every team. Uh, but think about it like this. Um, the Giants played the Cowboys week one. Got absolutely manhandled. Part of that, you could decide how much on your own, is Trayvon Diggs, right? Trayvon Diggs, I believe he got an interception in that game. Uh, if not a pass breakup. Uh, played really well. Uh, the reports are out there that he tore his ACL in practice today. So, so you're going to be, what, one of two teams in the NFL that will have played the Dallas Cowboys with their second or third best defender, right? Micah Parsons won. You could argue about maybe Dexter Lawrence, uh, a few others uh, too, but but Trayvon Diggs in that conversation. You're the only one that's going to have, have played them because an ACL doesn't, doesn't fix itself quickly. So, you know, unfortunate for you, Danny Dimes. Oh, well, life's tough. Move on, right? Uh, handle your business against San Fran. Do they have a great defense? Yes. Do they have a Bosa? Yes. Do they have an offense that's efficient? Yes. Do they have George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel even without Brandon Ayuk? You're darn right. What do you have to do? Go out and play well. Even without Saquon? Even without uh, Andrew Thomas? Even with a very mediocre pass-catching core? Yeah. You, you still do ha- kind of have to play well. 
I talk about this all the time. You know what a good quarterback looks like in a bad situation, right? You know what a good quarterback looks like with lack of talent around you, right? You know what a good quarterback looks like on uh, when his best players hurt, right? Think of, you know what Matt Stafford looked like when he was throwing for 5,000 yards on, on the, the Lions. Wasn't a great team, but he looked like a good quarterback. You better at least look like a good quarterback, even if the situation is driving you the other way. Isn't that where the saying came, comes from? Don't pay a below-average quarterback top-tier quarterback money? There you go. Don't pay any below-average anything top-tier that thing money. There you go. Uh, let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! Earlier today, we had Tim Hasselbeck on the show. Uh, Tim Hasselbeck, uh, former Boston College quarterback, former NFL quarterback, now an ACC Network analyst. Uh, he is on the call for the North Carolina pit game, the the television broadcast for the North Carolina pit game this weekend, 8 p.m. Eastern time. I asked him about Drake May. And honestly, this wasn't even – this is how uh, kind of consensus I thought it was. It wasn't even really part of the question. I, I just brought up that Drake May coming into this year, it's almost like his title was – expected second overall pick in the draft, right? Every time you talked about Drake May, you'd go, Drake May, the expected second overall pick in the draft. The same way you would like uh, like uh, um, Denzel Washington. You go, Denzel Washington, two-time Oscar winner. Or or uh, William, Prince of Wales, right? Like the title, it's just connected to the name. Uh, or King of England, I guess it would be now. Um, and I, I just referenced that. And then, and then Hasselbeck, uh, Tim Hasselbeck, had an opinion that that kind of caught me off guard uh we have the audio for you this is from earlier in the show tim hasselbeck and and my conversation i do in fact I, i'll tell you i think he's gonna be the number one overall pick really i think that he is the best player that i have seen in the 15 years that i've been doing what i'm doing i think he's that good i think he's a near perfect prospect um i think in you know so in the 15 years i've been doing this it's i've seen everyone from Matthew Stafford to Andrew Luck to, you know, all the guys that, that have kind of been through that. I think he's that uniquely talented. I think he's got that type of, you know, the, the right type of makeup for it. Um, and so that doesn't mean that, you know, he's never going to have a bad play. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, I think sometimes we fall into the trap of, hey, look, Andrew Luck was, uh, you know, the best prospect since John Elway. You know, well, you know, you go back, I mean, I, I remember watching his bowl game and, you know, he threw one of the dumbest interceptions <laughs> you know, I think I've seen anybody make. Okay. First of all, let's go back to the last 15 number one overall picks. Because cause Tim Hasselbeck said this is the Drake May, not only is the best prospect in this year's draft, which would put him over Caleb Williams, the, the expected number one overall pick, but put him over the top prospects of the last 15 years. We're talking Matt Stafford, Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck, Jameis Winston, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence. That's very, very high praise. Andrew Luck was seen as the best prospect since Peyton Manning. 
Peyton Manning was seen as the best prospect since John Elway. Like there's like when people say once in a generation, like of the generation it was John Elway, of the generation it was Peyton Manning, of the generation it was Andrew Luck. And I guess if you say we're at the beginning of the next generation, Tim Hasselbeck is saying the best prospect of this generation will be Drake May. In a draft where there's very few people even willing to go out on a limb and say Drake May is the best in his class. I'm sitting here trying to find the uh hmm. I'm sitting here trying to find the similarities out of all those guys you just referenced to Drake May. Maybe the accuracy with Trevor Lawrence and Andrew Luck or the uh the I mean, rushing it, abilities of the, Cam Newton being willing to take hits and then the the, the speed of, of a Kyler Murray. I, I'm trying to to see it. It's I mean it's the the of the ones that I reference, Elway, Luck, Peyton Manning, and now I guess Drake May. I would have probably had Trevor Lawrence there. I mean, it's the six four to six five laser rocket arm kind of prototypical quarterback with you know Elway more mobile than the rest, and and I would say Drake May more mobile than the rest also. But you know, I, do you know what's crazy about this? And you can say it almost certain with almost certainty. Uh, either Caleb Williams or Drake May won't work out. Hmm. Right? If they're number one and number two. When's the last time the first pick and the second pick were quarterbacks and they both worked out? When's the last time they won their NFL debut? <laughs> ah, that's even – you're going to bad teams. I mean, maybe you could say Andrew Luck and RG3 pre-injury. Yeah. But I don't know if you can say, like, like was RG3 a great pick? I don't think so. Like, when the Winston and Mariota, neither. Uh, Lawrence and Zach Wilson, like, there's – there's a lot of options here. It's almost 100% certainty that the number one and number two picks in the draft, if they're quarterbacks, one of them at least is not going to pan out. It's we almost have, a kiss of death. We have somebody saying the the number two consensus player is the best prospect of the last 15 years, and there's a whole host of people saying Caleb Williams is kind of in that same best prospect in however long category. Almost certainly one of them won't work out in the NFL. So maybe they should cash their guaranteed dollars and name, image, and likeness their way to $10 million next year and stay on campus. How ah. much money to get Alabama, or how much money does Alabama have to raise in NIO deals to get Drake May to actually come to Alabama next season? Probably whatever he'd get to be the number two overall Fair pick. Fair enough. The $28 million? Whatever he'd get in the first year, probably 10 12 <sighs> A lot of money going around. Uh, but still, very, very uh, interesting take from, from Tim Hasselbeck. Uh, let's get to number three. One, two, three. Jordan Houston, starting running back, NC State, no longer. Member of NC State football team, uh, looking like no longer. Uh, there was a, a tweet put out by the team, by NC State football earlier today, saying Jordan Houston was uh, redshirting, which meant he he's not going to participate more this year, uh, and he's going to graduate in the fall. And they wish him nothing but the best. Wild turn of events three games into the season. Yeah, I literally just try to go to gopat.com's website to find stats on or career stats for Jordan Houston. It just says undefined, undefined. So, yeah, like it's, it's real. He's off it's the roster. It's real, real. Now, we don't know all the details, right? All we know is that tweet, and we know that he's not on the roster, which, which Graham just brought up. If I had to guess, right, if, if you're saying you have to give me your best guess on what happened here, uh, Jordan Houston 
maybe didn't like the role he was being given. Maybe his role was being diminished, right? We're seeing Michael Allen get carries. We're seeing Raphael get carries. We're seeing um, Mims get carries. So maybe he didn't like that the, the role he was being given or the role that he saw his role turning into. And he went to the team and he said, listen, I want to redshirt to protect my, my year of eligibility. And I want to transfer. And I don't know what the conversation would have been like. I don't know if it would have been contentious. I don't know if it would have been, we think that makes sense, right? We, 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 we're not sure. But it eventually got to the point of, okay, fine. We'll, we'll take you off. Like, if, if you are no longer with us moving forward, if you're planning on leaving and going somewhere else, that's your decision. We no longer want you around practice because we're all rowing in this direction. You're rowing in that direction. One thing that I do find interesting, and again, I don't know if this is just lack of production on Houston's part, and also kind of like what we talked about earlier about Michael Allen having more touches in the VMI game. Mm. Ever since 2019, he's only had seven touchdowns in his career. Talk about Jordan N- Houston. At NC State. And, and he was, as you brought up earlier, there were some years where he – there were other guys you wanted, like, you know, you're not going to take a lot of carries away from Bam Knight, right? You're or Ricky not, Person. Yeah, exactly. You're, 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 he was buried for a while. And, but this is his fifth year on campus. Um, that's, that, like, he's fulfilled his, his, you know, when he signed his letter of intent, you're committing to four years, maybe five. Like, he's, he's fulfilled that. So, uh, I look at it like this I wouldn't be surprised. If because he sat behind some guys earlier in his career, he came into this year expecting to be 18 carries a game, 20 touches a game, something like that. And when it becomes very obvious that he might not only not get that, but might not lead the the team in touches, maybe he wants a fresh start. It's just rare to see it three games in. Yeah, you were discussing how he might have come in expecting 28 carries a game. Well, just so far this season, he's only, he's only had 25 carries. Exactly. 96 I, I, yards. I don't know if 28, but 18 with a couple catches. like 18 touches with a couple catches mixed in there. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't know if we'll ever get the details, but it's an interesting situation. And now we know that uh, one of the players that was going to be leaned on, or at least expected to be leaned on by the NC State offense, won't be out there for the rest of the year, beginning this weekend when they, uh, they play at UVA. Uh, number two. Just the, two the Pac-12 and the Mountain West are discussing a relegation and promotion st- st- structure. Um, I hope it works. I hope it works. You, you know, it's it's <laughs> it's kind of tough, right? Because because I'm I'm I, I'm Team ACC, right? I want the ACC to be strong. I want the ACC to be around for a long time. I want the ACC to win national championships. I want uh, the teams in, in the Triangle, the teams in, in North Carolina, uh, to to be premier programs in the country. I also just want college football to be as entertaining as possible. And I think the only way we get a promotion relegation structure in the ACC or nationally, right, if, if everybody gets together, is if somebody takes the leap and somebody does it right and it works and then everybody else copies them. The Mountain West and the Pac-12, if they get together, and there's kind of a couple different structures being floated around, maybe a 16-team conference with two eight-team levels where the bottom two and the top two from each level flip, or maybe a 24-team super conference with three eight-team levels, and then there's kind of relegation up and down all over the place. I don't know, but what I do know is if they do it, 
and it works, then we're more likely to see an ACC structure that way. We're more likely to see a national structure that way. And I think it would be really, really cool for the entertainment of college football. That's number two. Let's get to number one. I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. Bryce Young, not expected to play this weekend. So if you're if you're just looking for a hot start to Bryce Young's career as the number one overall pick for the Carolina Panthers, he went multiple turnovers, rough week one loss. Uh, Monday night football turnovers, everybody watching, week two loss. Injured won't play week three. Womp, womp, womp. Right? That is about as as just just out of the gate as you can possibly get. And uh, in the long run, I don't know if it matters a ton, right? If if I say this a lot, okay? I am of the belief that if you draft a quarterback high, you play them right away, right? If you draft a quarterback in the top five, they start week one of their rookie year. And the most common uh, kind of uh, pushback I get to that that statement is, well, what if you're putting them into a bad situation and you're going to mess up their confidence? And I look at him and go, listen, if they don't have the mental ability to overcome adversity, if they struggle for a season or half a season to start their career and that ruins them, they were never going to make it anyway. Fair. They might have had a good season to start if everything's just hunky-dory and gumdrops and rainbows. All that's doing is making you more likely to give them a fat old contract and then have them struggle the first time and maybe never recover the first time they face adversity. If, if, if a quarterback can't overcome adversity, A, they're playing the wrong position. B, they're never going to make it in the NFL. Right, If you read comments on Twitter that say you stink and you let it mess with you, all of a sudden your confidence is shot. You were never going to make it from the beginning because in a lot of ways being an NFL quarterback is just uh, overcoming adversity. Right, It is just being, being beaten down and somehow moving forward. So if this little rough patch from Bryce Young to start his career is going to ruin him, you just picked the wrong guy, right? You just picked the wrong guy. However, if you pick the right guy, guess what? Next year, the year after, he'll put it together. He'll he'll deal with whatever's holding him back right now and whatever's holding the team back right now, and he will he will find a way through it. Right? It's cliche. It's oversaid. I'll say it one more time. Do you know who holds the record for interceptions by a rookie? 
Peyton Manning. I think he once figured it out, right? I don't know if struggling early really hurt him that badly. And and the other argument I think is actually a bad one where you say, well, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes sat behind uh, other starters and learned, and that's why they're so good. That is disrespectful to Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. You could have played them week one. They probably would have been really good. There's a good chance that not only was would would uh, did Patrick Mahomes not necessarily need Alex Smith to watch for his first year, but you missed out on a year of Patrick Mahomes for a year of Alex Smith in his first year. So so like I'm all for playing these guys. I'm all for acknowledging that that Bryce Young has gone rough start, rough start, injured. Not fun, not what you're open for. Gonna take the air out of the balloon for the 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 fans. But if you picked your right guy, you got your guy and he'll figure it out. He'll he'll identify the problem, fix the problem, move forward. Or he'll continue studying, continue fine-tuning what he wants to do. So the the day you actually put a good enough supporting cast around him, it'll be gasoline on a flame that burns brighter. He is hurt, though. So you're going to see Andy Dalton against Seattle. Enjoy. It's cliche to say, and I'll just end on this. Bryce Young had so much expectation coming into this year. He had a lot of pressure coming from the the standard, the capstone of college football, Alabama, seeing all the what the Carolina Panthers did this offseason, giving mm-hmm. away their first-round picks last mm-hmm. year, trading up for him, and then all giving the veteran— next year's first, or this upcoming year's first-round pick. Yeah, and then just all the veteran players that you surround him. At the end of the day, he still had to touch the field. I think a lot of fans just got invested so much of, oh, it's the you know the band's back to be- the band's back together. Frank writes Frank writes back, and unfortunately, it's just like when you go to Vegas and you bet too many times in blackjack. Sometimes you're you're, you're bound from to experience, bankrupt. Graham. No. All right. I Is, wish. Was that a no and a wink, or was that a no? No. All right. I wish I'd been to Vegas. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. 